I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost of Words podcast. Jason Daniels has returned to the podcast for the first time in a couple of weeks. Jason, hello. Good evening, Tom. How are you? Good, good to have you back on and in time for the Masters. And Brad, you're here as well for us. Yep. Good evening, gents. How are we doing? Very nice, very nice to have the team back together. Um, great to have us as a three uh, to celebrate the first major championship of the year uh, at Augusta. I guess once you've done this and you know, been writing about it for however many years and then doing podcasts about it for how many years. There's only so many things I think you can say about Augusta and you, you kind of add an extra year to most of your trends um, and all those sort of things. But Brad, is there anything that you thought about this year that's kind of come into your thinking over previous years for the Masters? Obviously not not really. Obviously you've got the, the live players coming into it, which makes it a very in, uh, interesting Masters. You know, there's no evidence to suggest that they can't, show up and play well. Uh, that's obviously the the fact uh, there hasn't been many changes. I think they've made the, the par 5 13th longer. Uh, it is not really becoming about shot making anymore, a bit more about raw, raw power. So, yeah, you've got to factor in more distance off the tee. I mean, slightly over the past years, possibly, but especially with the weather. But yeah, not not as you said. It's all there. It's it's Augusta. It's, it's it's slight changes each year, but you have everything what you what from previous years so to go off of. So yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I think the only thing I would say, Jace, maybe that we've had more competitive golf tournaments than normal ahead of the Masters with all these ev- elevated events. I think some of the better players have played more golf than normal. I don't know if that's anecdotal or just you know it just feels that way. Or if that is actually factually correct, but I just wonder if some of them are coming in a bit more. Uh, you know, a bit better prepared than they have in previous years. Well, you've got that, and you've also got the unknown. We we've no idea what this live live form is worth. Mm. Uh, you know, Brooks Kepka bounced back to form uh, yesterday. Um, Dustin did a little bit yesterday. What's it worth? I don't know. Is it second league stuff? We, yeah, I think I think it's fascinating. I think we've got what we think we know of Augusta, which we do know. I mean, it doesn't change. It's I think that's the delight about it. All the other three majors obviously change courses every year. And uh, this is the same every year, but you've got the changes. Uh, 13 looks claustrophobic from the tee now, as opposed to just, you know, bombing it down the right and seeing it come around. Um, it's interesting. I think it's uh, 11 looks harder and then they're, they're talking about it. Well, talking about it, it will be wet. It will be windy. I think it could be delayed. It could go on to Monday. Yeah. Um, and you've got, I don't know what live form is worth. So I, this is one of the most fascinating masters that there is. Um I think in the past we've known. I still think we'll all think the same thing anyway. Um, but there are so many sort of new elements to the to this year. Um, yeah, it's fascinating. Um, yeah, good tournament. Shame it isn't sunny because whilst I love them struggling, I think Augusta needs it needs the sun, it needs the fast greens, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they'll do what they can with the greens. Um, that's a shame that it's going to be you know pissing down all weekend. Yeah, it is what it is, and, and it makes it. It's it's very interesting because I think apart from a couple, which I'm sure we'll talk about, um, you look at the likes of Dustin Johnson, um, Cameron Smith. I know he could be injured. Um, all of who are brilliant in the wind and rain. Yeah. Um, and yet we don't know where they are. You know, we, we absolutely. You know, they're here in a full field, and we'll see what happens. So, yeah, brilliant. I I, I think it's a fantastic tournament. 
Um, I haven't got Sky at the moment in my new place. <laughs> so I'll have to sort of wangle some dodgy doo-doos. Nice. Uh, yeah, we'll do those or, or we'll set you up a bit of a SkyGo account between one of us. But um, it's it it's interesting because we say about the live form, we've, we've touched on that a couple of times, so we'll go into that a bit. Like, I don't think it's coincidental that the best these superstars, if you want to call them that at the moment, have played has just come the week before. Like, Kepka didn't really show anything, then he's suddenly 15 under and winner. Patrick Reed, 12 under, third. Dustin Johnson, 10 under and seventh. Yes, okay. You can call it what you like in terms of who they're beating, but they're all beating each other and they're all very good golfers. So um, there's always this kind of thing of, you know, oh, you know, who's Brooks really got to be, who's Reed got to be, etc. But mm-hmm. every time you say that about one of them, Brad, that's, that's an accumulation of four or five of them. There is, there is still some class players on that circuit. There, there are the ones that I think are just, you know, the, the, maybe the Poulters and the Sergios and that Mickelson that are just... You know, they're there for their payday and, and nothing's really left. McDowell, I guess, there's no real motivation. But I still think the likes of Brooks, Dustin, Reed. I, I think personally they, they are going to go back to the PJ Tour at some point. That's a different conversation. Yeah, but, possibly, yeah. Um, I, I think their motivation is still there. And ultimately, if nothing else, they, especially someone like Patrick Reed, they just want to piss people off. So if, if mm-hmm. they can do that by, you know, playing with the Masters, then so be it. Exactly. Yeah, no, people always, they ask the question, how much do they really want it now? You know, um, they're, play, they're not playing four rounds, won't be able to last. Like, come on. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. they're going to come over, they're going to be motivated more than ever to sort of, you know, you sh- shove it up to the fucking PGA Tour players at the end of the day, you know, give it to them. And, and Reed is the guy, you know, he's the one who will want to do that the most. Um, and yeah, so it's it's going to be a, a really interesting Masters. Uh, I can't wait to see how it unfolds. I think for me, like anyone that's kind of, and I don't want to get into this kind of, I haven't, I'm going to get it out early. I haven't actually picked any live players to win. There's a couple that come into my mind and, and no, I've debated no, no. them, but I haven't picked anyone. Um, mainly because the ones that I did think had a chance, I didn't think had been pushed out enough in the market to reflect the fact that there's a bit of an unknown about them. I thought they were still, you know, relatively tightly priced but one of the things i thought about was i can't sort of can't, everyone's been kind of focusing on, and i don't want to make this sound negative on rory mcelroy but everyone's been focusing on the fact that rory's got that early win in the dubai desert classic he's finished second at bay hill etc when you look at the the, the dubai desert classic that he won patrick reed was one shot shy of him thomas peters was in sixth polter was in sixth bland was in eighth stenson was in eighth like if we're going to say that their like form doesn't mean anything, what does Rory's mean if, if they're the people that he's directly beating? So I'd, I'd, it, it's a kind of a bit of a tough debate. I, I don't. I think there is certainly an element of it that you know it's not as competitive. It's certainly not as competitive as the elevated events on the PGA Tour. And you know, Bruce Kepka admitted that he sort of said himself that I don't really know where this puts me, and I do miss playing against the Rory's and the and the Brooks's. Right, and I, I get that, but I still think, like you said at the start, and and. Jason as well was saying that you know it's, it's probably one of the most exciting things that you know we, we don't know and I, and I just I find it very very difficult to believe that they're just they're going to turn up here and they're all going to struggle I think that the ones that I sort of said like the the, the Mickelsons and the people like that I think that's fine like, I, I don't really expect them to do anything that they're, they're not popular anymore and they're also not playing well so that's a a terrible kind of combination but you've only got to go back even to the Open Championship DJ was sixth uh, Bryson was eighth Hansel was eleventh it you know, they were there. So I, I don't think we can kind of discount them. So it's going to be definitely interesting to see how that goes. Um, 
I would actually, sorry, I would just, I would actually, in a, in a perverse way, would like to see one of them win. Because Norman said, if one of them wins, yeah, they're all going to be on the, they're all yeah. going to be on the green. Um, I'll be fascinated because I, it'd be just, I mean, I'm not backing them in, so it won't be great for me. But yeah. you know, just a, a, in a perverse way, I'd love to see one of them, one of them win, and um, maybe not DJ. So I don't think there's that, that you know, that anti anti DJ stuff going about. Yeah. Very, um, very uh, non-plus, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I just think I'd love to see it. I, and you imagine it's like Justin Lenders at the Ryder Cup where one of them wins and they all go storming on the thing and the golf media go absolutely mental on Monday and they hate everybody. And yeah, it's great. Yeah, it would really stir things up, wouldn't it? It would. And yeah. I, I think the funniest thing I, so I got posed this question yesterday on the, on the National Club Golf Podcast was like Norman or Greg Norman Jr., I think it was, kind of said that a win this week by Live Golfer would validate the Live Golf League. And I sort of said, but I don't think it would validate the league itself because that's a completely different thing. The formats, you know, people are just going to like that or they're not. The teams, the team names are horrendous, logos, etc. Like, there's some things they've definitely got to sort out. But it would certainly validate the individuals themselves that everyone's kind of questioning their motivations. Like, I think it's very clear that Brooks went because he was hurt and was worried about his future. DJ is just not going to turn down that kind of money. He was quite open about that. I, I think it certainly validates the individual's choice. People go to live. I mean, I, I haven't looked closely at it. People go to live tournaments. Yeah. They do spend money at live tournaments. I mean, I don't suppose they spend 30, 300 million pounds, <laughs> but they go. And, um, you know, you might not agree with what, what was happening at the beginning, but there is an element that it's, you know, it's it's no different to something like, I don't know, that, um, what's the, the, the shot clock thing in snooker, if you watch it? Um, oh yeah, I know, I know what you're on about, but I don't. I don't. Yeah, but it's different. Is it similar to T20 and things like that, and the yeah, IPL and things like that? Like it's, it's like the hundred, yeah, more like the hundred, I think. Yeah. Well, the hundred. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the hundred has has turned into a bit of a disaster. Really. Mm-hmm. Um, that's got no money involved whatsoever. They they cannot get um, the top players, and it's purely because of money. Yeah. Um, uh, so that you know, that, there's an issue there, big time. Um, you go to the IPL, and everyone wants to go there because. They're being paid five the times, they're being paid 100. Yeah. yeah, and then you've got clashes, obviously, of all the different syndicates now, which you can see happening. Um, it's just different. I mean, you know, you don't have to like it, but it's it's there, you know, and uh, I, I think it's just that, yeah, we won't go there because I'll say something like that. <laughs> So we'll, we'll no, but but I, th- I do think that ultimately the overriding feeling that we're, we're saying about this is it is going to add an element of intrigue. It is going to be great to see whether they can or don't perform. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if one of them wins, then then there's definitely going to be some talk for it for a little while. I think there's probably maybe four that I would say could win. Like just based on what I'm thinking, I would say that maybe is Kepka, DJ, Reed. Um, I guess if you knew Smith was fit, Smith, so maybe five with Neiman. I quite like Neiman still. Yeah, I was but... going to say Neiman definitely would be. Yeah. Um, I, other than that, I, I don't really see it. But, you know, stranger things have happened. And it, it is what it is. I guess that's probably as, as long as we need to spend on the on the live people that we're not betting, I guess. Yeah. Um, anything from last week, Brad, that you think was worthy? The couple of players that played at the Valera or anything like that? Oh, well, my betting card was pretty horrendous in the end. Uh, obviously, Ben Martin came close for us, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Uh, too much of a late charge. I mean, 
Sam Stevens, my guy, absolutely. <laughs> I was, it was, I was torn in the end, you know, because I was like, I really want him to break through and win, but he was last off my list. Don't, don't do it when I've got that money on. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I just felt so stupid for not backing him, and he was class. Like he was, he was different gravy, and he was just um, brilliant to watch and showed everyone his potential, you know. And uh, yeah, he was the standout for me last week. Obviously, Connor's won, but he nearly gave it away towards the end but take nothing away from him he did he did more than enough to win that yeah he, he was there and he was solid and, and lived up to expectations in the end and probably looked a little bit skinny based on kind of consistent form but was probably the better player in the field and, and played like it ultimately in the end mm-hmm. uh, wasn't a surprise really to see Patrick Rogers fall away unfortunately for him uh, like you say we were kind of close with Chris Kirk and Ben Martin Kirk just went full ejection after having a you know chance to really close the gap and maybe even mm-hmm. win um, and Ben Martin was kind of never quite there. Obviously, we didn't get uh, anyone in the field because Connors was already in, but Kucha gave it a good go. Uh, that, that was pleasant to see. I see that Podrick Harrington was up there in the top 10 again. Um, yeah. Ricky, I think, played well on the final day. Didn't have a chance, unfortunately, to kind of get himself in there. But maybe one of the ones that was eye-catching for me was Hideki, just getting through four rounds. I thought it was really weird that he played. Um mm-hmm. So the fact that he got through there and, and seemed to be relatively pain-free, as far as I can tell, uh, was certainly interesting. Siwoo Kim managed to put me off after getting quite excited about him as a long oh, shot. Um, yeah. Hitting hitting a nine on that path. Nine, right. yeah, that, was, that killed the whole event when he did that. I was like, oh, well, he's gone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anything, same to you, Jason. Anything from last week that you kind of picked up on? No, a bit on Chapel, but um, who, was, who looked like he could threaten a place. Yeah. Um, but in the end, it was, uh, he didn't, so... Um, was there anything? No, Connors was was reasonably obvious, wasn't he? But uh, yeah. like you said earlier, I think the price just it was a bit of a put off. But it's it's you know it's it's very interesting. You look at uh, Texas Open winners and runners up and Masters, and it has to be a huge interest. Yeah, no, absolutely. Let's go into the market then. Let's let's have a look at the people that you know are contending at the top of the market. Scotty Scheffler seven to one with Rory McIlroy seven to one as well. John Rahm nine to one. Jordan Spieth, 16 to 1. Patrick Cantley, 20 to 1. Justin Thomas, 22 to 1. It's 25 to 1 and bigger the rest. Um, I guess, you know, we'll just start straight off the top. I'm betting on John Rahm. I don't normally bet single digit golfers. You could get 10 to 1 boost earlier on John Rahm. I think that's, you know, if you can still get there, take it. Um, personally, I just think that because he's had these couple of down weeks, one of them being ill at the players. Uh, the other one not getting out of his group at the match play, all of a sudden the kind of pressure's been alleviated from him and put straight back on Scotty Scheffler as a defending champion and Roy McIlroy, who's had a bit of a resurgence at the match play. But I think, I personally think that Rory's form is being overplayed slightly coming into this. I know he obviously won the Dubai as a classic. We've, we've led off of that discussion. I know he was second at Bay Hill, but it never really felt like he was going to win that tournament. And when you look at the elevated events, 32nd at Phoenix, 29th at Riviera, miscut the players. I know he was doing a bit of tinkering here and there, but just it didn't struck, doesn't fill me with confidence. Then he says he's changing all his equipment. He says he's had 19 putts in the practice round, heaping more pressure on himself. And we've just had years and years of him kind of not being able to get it done in the Masters when he's been in great positions. So I've, I've not really seen anything to suggest that he can. Whereas with Scotty Scheffler, at least, he keeps coming into these tournaments and, and looking like he's going to repeat form every single time and, and he has won a couple of them and he's defended valiantly in the others so 
of the three, I think Scheffler's the clearest, like, uh, what's the word? I guess he's the, the one you can sort of hang your hat on because there's no doubts about his ability or form. I just think with Ram with that kind of less amount of pressure, Jason, on him, the fact that he's a six-time winner since his last appearance at the Masters, three of them coming in the calendar year, his best starts for year ever. I just think he's not not going under the radar because that's ridiculous at nine to one. But just just coming in under those two, I think is is a good position for him. Um, well, I, I agree. I think Scotty Scheffler is thousand percent the one to beat. I mean, it's just machine. You know, it's it's really weird. What the man's done in the last eighteen months is just just incredible. I mean, we were talking about him struggling to win. Yeah. You know, and and it's. It's in front of you, and we've all seen it. He's just—he is a machine. He—he uh, he should have made the world the match play final, shouldn't he? Yeah. Um, and uh, he potentially should have won the Arnold Palmer. Really, he had—he had, he had uh, that five foot or six footer on seventeen, I think, to tie it. And then obviously it sort of went away from him on eighteen. He wasn't that bothered. Yeah. Um, he could be having a—I uh, mean, it literally, literally. Sorry, people don't like people saying that, do they? <laughs> um, right. But, um, I mean, he could be sitting on three wins in a row easily. I mean, he's, he's and and there would be nothing you could do. There's nothing you could say. He's lucky, blah blah blah. But he's just incredible. Um, I did do a quick list. I, you know, I've had much time to do stuff. Um, I did do a quick list of um, on tour tips. You can um, get the adjusted scores through uh, wet weather, windy weather, and obviously the greens. Yeah. And when you do that, John Rahm is very very impressive on the figures. Um, I haven't looked properly into it. Um, but obviously we've got that we've got that facility on tour tips and he's miles ahead. But I I I don't see him beating Scottish Sheffler. It's interesting. If Ram finishes second, Sheffler will win. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's it. If they're the same price, which basically they are, um, I, I'd happily take Scottish Sheffler at even money to beat John Rahm in this. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think I think for me it's just the the 27th is his worst finish. John Rahm in you know five starts here. He's done that twice. He's four top nines otherwise. Or six starts, sorry. Four top nines otherwise. Uh, he's, he's had that kind of... He's sat on the lead at the halfway stage, Brad. He's had, he's had all the kind of pressures that he needs to at this tournament. He obviously was disappointingly bad in the majors last year, but I, I just think he's a completely different animal now. And Yes, OK, there's obviously a slight concern that his form's deserted him at the wrong time, but I think it's more illness at the players you can't help. Bay Hill is yeah. a little bit volatile, and the match play is certainly a bit of a weird event. I'm not too concerned about that. I think he's going to be right after this. 100. I think if anything, that's helped. You know, drift his price to like nine to one and possibly ten to one, like what you could have got this morning. And yeah, I was I was tempted. Like, I think he does present the best value of the three. Like he's got obviously a much improved short game. Um, long game is just in incredible shape at the moment, strong record at Augusta, wins at Riviera, Murfield, obviously points towards here. Um, so I didn't go there because there, I just thought uh, there was a couple of selections in the 20s instead, um, which I which I preferred and uh, fancied. So that was the only reason why I didn't go there. But yeah, if I was to pick one from the three, uh, it's nothing taken off away from Sheffield and McElroy. I just feel like Ram is the best value of the three. Yeah, interesting. Josie, would you bet Scheffler at 7-1? No. No, fair enough. I, don't, I, I can't bet. I can't bet 7-1. Um, no. But, you know, equally, uh, it's, it's one of them. It's a bit like Connors. I mean, obviously, different grade, but yeah. it's a sort of same thing, really. It's like, I think he'll win, but it's just not there. The price isn't there. But what else can he be? 
Yeah, no, exactly. I don't, I don't think you can make him anything. If you pushed him out, people are going to be all over it, aren't they? So, um, yeah, that's, I think that's the leading trio summarised from my part. Any any words that anyone wants to say about Rory that we haven't said? Jace first? No, I mean, um, I read an interview with him where he was talking about um, the tennis player, um, Alcaraz, is it, or somebody? Is it Alcaraz? Yeah, yeah. Who's, who's, um, and he was, he was talking about, um, he's been impressed with his attitude. He's basically 19 years old. And they're all going, he's the next this, he's the next this, he's the next this. And uh, he just wants to play. And uh, McElroy's taking some sort of... You wouldn't think that when they ask him about Liv, would you, when he gets all uppity and intense. But he, he's taken some. And then he talks about last year's finish with him and Morikawa, which was, wow, it's just unbelievable. And he said it was the most fun he's had at Augusta. So he's going back with... I'm not saying he's not going not to want to win... But apparently he's going back with a, with better memories than obviously that collapse back in whenever it was. Yeah. Um, when, it, when he lost uh, he lost the lead and finished like tied fifteenth when it was eighteenth whatever it was. Um, so yeah, so his attitude's better and and I think it's a it's difficult. I, I think he's much more relaxed and yet he knows this is career Grand Slam. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's really interesting what Rory can do. It, it's just, I, it's I just, them three are just incredible. Them, uh, you know, they, they're just unbelievable golfers. Yeah, it's been a while since we had this kind of separation. I think Dustin went for a little period where he separated himself, um, you know, just before COVID and things like that. When he was a world number one and did win the Masters, but it is amazing how much these three have separated themselves from the rest of the field. I think even when you look at the fact that Jordan Spieth just behind him at sixteen to one. Um, then sort of night and day between those three and Spieth's sort of having a hard time I think doing in their regular events at the moment alone winning a Masters I do understand the the positives around Spieth I do understand a lot of the things when I was re-watching the 2016 Masters the other day on YouTube and just watching the the kind of collapse around 11, 12 and 13 it, it, I don't know if he's ever really I know he's obviously had a good result since but I don't know if he's ever really got over that and when you look at it as well he really struggles on a couple of those holes so I think the fact that he's just not quite as bulletproof as people think he might be at Augusta um that's obviously played into the fact that he missed the cut last year playing much better and obviously all credit to him for the kind of form that he's had in the season but certainly concerns for me definitely the 16 to 1 number I think if you're looking there as opposed to the bunch in the 25 28s I think it's um you've got to be really committed to him so um, yeah, I, I think there's definitely a gap. I think that Rory, in the sense of, there's a couple of things. Obviously, you've said that he's going for the career Grand Slam. That's one of the things I think that just eats up the pressure on him, Brad. And I think the mm. other thing to me is that, yeah, I still think he's just he's he's speaking so much and he's so important that yeah. he's giving so much weight. Not if he gets paired with a Patrick Reed on Saturday or whatever, because he can't not because of the scores or whatever, obviously they're going to completely separate all these players in, in Thursday, Friday, but at the weekend, this out of their hands. And I just, I just think if he's going for it, trying to win with that kind of circus around him, I, I don't know that he can do it. I, I think that he'll, it, well, he'll go one of two ways. It'll either really motivate him and it'll be the reason he goes to yeah. a barnstorming finish and, and wins by five or, you know, he, he struggles. And I, I just I still can't get the image of St. Andrews out of my head. That's really his mm-hmm. to win and, and didn't. Um, and I just think that Cameron Smith are kind of having that little one over on him could could haunt him a bit. But mm-hmm. we shall see. Um, let's dive into the 20s. Unless anyone wants to add anything to Jordan Spieth that I've kind of given my thoughts on. and then I, I, I just think with the weather conditions, 
you have to be on in some way you have to be on and right. that's it um is, is that just because of his old knowledge of the course or it's, it's just him isn't it i mean we all remember the open we all remember, we remember everything i mean if it's bad mm. and people have got people are struggling and we're going to get a you know six under five under six under winning thing if it i mean and it could because the wind's going to get really you know wind's going to get right up um if it is soggy how many people are actually going to go for the par fives in two um you know there's gonna be less people doing that um it might come down to scrambling i think you have to i personally think you have to put speed in i think everything in his history everything we know about bay hill pebble texas all those we all know what he does burkdale um they look to be conditions over the weekend and there aren't that many of these that can that can handle that, you know. And uh, I think you have to. Have, I think he'll be shorter. Than, put it like this: I think he'll be shorter than that at some point over the weekend. So it, it, he's, he said himself. Uh, I found the interview and I lost it. And he said it himself. Much as what we know, he said, uh, you know, it just doesn't interest him. You know, striking the ball straight and then it, it you know, on fast ground and, and it just doesn't interest him. He, he needs to struggle. He needs he needs something to focus his mind on and. For me, that, that weather forecast has changed. I wasn't going to put him in. And when I read yeah. that, I, I think you have to do something with him. Well, when you look in 2014, when he obviously comes second to Bubba on his debut, the eight under won that year. When Willett won, it was five under. Speed obviously hit the, the seven under mark and was was cruising at one point. Again, tough weather week. So definitely makes sense. I just I just can't shake the, the, the current. Um, I just... To me, he just doesn't strike me as the kind of the convincing person he was in 2015. But that's that's a sweeping statement. Um, Brad, any any additions to speak? No, he was really he was strongly in my thoughts. Uh, I kind of agree with Jason. As soon as I saw the weather, uh, I do think the conditions will suit him. Obviously, we all know about his record at Augusta. Um, but yeah, I, I, I opted for someone um, four points difference in the end. So yeah, go go, go with that. Yeah, so I, I opted for Cantley. He made most appeal. Uh, just because he's just been hitting the ball exceptionally well, um, especially off the tee, gaining over 4.5 strokes um, in his last three stroke play events. And he's also ranked first in par five scoring, uh, which we know is so important to make the most of the par fives here. Um, he looked solid at the match play, lost narrowly to um, the eventual winner, Sam Burns, showed up and Got some decent results on the Florida swing, like that's something he has been criticised for over the years. Uh, he finished tied 19th for the players, tied fourth at the Isle of Palmer. Uh, question marks do remain, of course, over his um, form in the majors. Like, but you expect a player of his quality, such a well-rounded game that he will eventually get results. Um, but his best result has so far has only been a tied third finish at uh, 2019 uh, PJ Championship. So. Yeah, there's definitely improvement in that department. Um, but I, I honestly do feel it will come because, as I said, he's just he's got that he's got the game, he's got the personality, he's very well rounded. Um, but he's had a further couple of top tens in the majors. One of them did come at Augusta back in 2019, finished yeah. high ninth. Um, he's teed it up at Augusta six times, missed a cut twice. He's he's certainly not someone you would pick based off course form. But more to the fact that I think he's a good course fit. That's yet to really show his true potential here. Um, he's someone that I just feel is going to get it right at some point in the majors. And he's worth sticking with. Obviously, he's notably putts best on bent grass. 
Um, and yeah, I think he has an excellent chance to grab his first major this week. He's rounded into form. So yeah, he was my pick at 20 to 1. He he was he was the one. So there was there was three of them, wasn't it? That 2019 Masters is obviously when Tiger Woods won. We all know, um, but that was the the Saturday where Finau, Simpson, and Cantlay all went out and shot 64s, didn't they? And I think they had a sort of better weather split, if you like, than than others. But Cantlay then came back on the final day and backed that up with 68 as well. Go back um, one of the other years, he, he also shot a 66 uh, in the second round of the 2020 edition. I think he's probably the one that if the weather calms down for a day, like I could, cer- I could certainly see him that they reckon the weather's most of it's coming up Friday, Saturday. I think he's a type that can certainly go and shoot five, six under on day one. Uh, and it just depends how he holds. I don't, I don't, I don't see him as that ultimate grinder, I guess, if, if it does get tough. Mm-hmm. Possibly. I don't know. It's, uh, I, I don't think I could rule him out. I don't think there's enough evidence to suggest that he's, he's not that. Oh, honest. I think I think the yeah. thing is like the the modern day player, and and normally when we're talking about the people that can relish those kind of grinds, we we talk them talk about them as kind of throwbacks because I don't think I don't think John Rahm massively relishes. I know Jason obviously said that he does play well in the wet and and things like that, and, and statistically <laughs> maybe this is anecdotal. I don't I don't think any of them love playing in these bad conditions. And and like you both said, maybe Spieth is the one of the ones that, that would relish it, but. It just strikes me as I've, I've never. Like, I think I guess it's the overarching thing with Cantlay that he hasn't done it in the majors yet. So yeah, that's if, it, it, yeah. if it gets tougher at Augusta, why would why would he come to the fore? I guess is, is the point. All I would say is to your point, he's obviously capable of shooting the low rounds right next. He's got 64, 66. No, 66. he's had that 64. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that that would be my my takeaway from Cantlay. And I was really really impressed with the Florida um, form as well, like you mentioned. And mm-hmm. I actually I think I can't remember which one I put. Him. I might put him up for Bay Hip. Or something like that, where they, they he wasn't expected to go well because no, the oh, he came back to form in California, Riviera. That's to be expected. But um, then finished fourth at Bay Hill and nineteenth at the at the players. I thought that was really impressive. And like you say, the match play was as good as it needed to be. So yeah, I, I don't really have too many negatives other than I think if it gets tougher, that may mm-hmm. that may negatively impact him. I guess. Uh, Jason, your thoughts on Cantlay? Yeah, I don't know what I don't. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm a big fan of Cantley. Yeah, that's it. I don't know. He's certainly got the game to just keep banging it and banging it and banging it and banging it and. and it. So no, so no. There we are. That's the best I, think, I think. I think the fact that <laughs> this, this is where he is in the market says what you needed to say. Like he, he's a, he's probably a better player than he gets credit for because he's not that exciting personal. That kind of shoots out in front of commentary and media and all that sort of stuff that that people love and and warm to. He just does his job and he's very good at it. Um, yeah. And I think he goes under the radar slightly of how good he actually is as a golfer. Uh, it's just that he's got to do. Once he starts doing it in these major championships with, with regularity, Brad, that that will come, I guess. But um, exactly. we shall see. Jay, talk to us. Sorry, ranks really highly um, on the pink grass figures on tour tips. Yeah, which makes sense with where he plays yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does absolutely. I mean, it, you know, you're talking minute percentages, but mm. yeah, figures are figures, aren't they? Well, if you have pop, either it's maybe even mental as well. Like if he just knows he plays well on bent grass, it, it, that's all you need, isn't it? So, especially with something like putting. Jace, talk to us about Xander Schauffele. Well, as much as Ben Coley tips um, Justin Thomas every single year, um, I tip Xander Schauffele every single <laughs> year. I was hoping to see some 
I think, because he's, he's been sort of, he's been okay for a lot of the year. Um, and I think he's played slightly better than his, his final positions have, have sort of ended. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, he improved over the weekend at Sawgrass, which I quite like the look of. And then it was interesting what he did in the match play. I thought he was, I thought he was brilliant. He was I mean, good. Admittedly, you know, his, his group matches weren't the most difficult, but Cam Davis, he thrashed. Aaron Wise, he beat easily, and, and, and Tom Hoagie, he beat him at the, at the final hole, I think. Um, and what, what's interesting is I just think he's become a harder player. So now he's won, um, you know, obviously he won at, at Eastlake, uh, which again can be relevant, obviously, in Georgia. Um, he won at Eastlake whenever it was, and people started questioning him, and, and I think we did on this podcast here as well. Yeah. Um, but he since came out last year, I think he's proven himself now. Um, I think he's bubbling exactly the right time. His match against Roy McIlroy was unbelievable. Um, I think there's a better ball 59. He was never behind McIlroy until um, the final hole when Roy held a 12-footer, uh, which I can see happening on the final round at Augusta as well. <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, the WGC, the match play, you know, if you show up well, you follow the likes of Tiger Woods, Dustin, Bubba Watson, Scotty Scheffler. They've all won both. Um I just think it's a more progressive profile rather than a, a like obviously Scheffler's got um, a stunning profile coming up. Whereas I think um, I think Xander's got a bit more sort of Hideki, Pat Reed, that type of profile coming into here. Um, yeah, I, I think he'll I think he'll go very very well. And I said I'll keep backing him until he gets to a price where or the the, the age where my bet loses me money over the last twenty five years. Um, <laughs> Last year, I know he missed the cut. I was on again last year. Uh, with the delay, he walked off, leaving himself a 50-foot putt. I, th- I think I mentioned it at the time. I'm sure it was. Um, yeah. I didn't quite understand it. I think he had the choice. And he walked off, marked his ball and went off and then came back and, and bogeyed. Um, and that just sort of set off the history. I'm not bothered. I'll, I'll, I'll cancel that out of the head. I, I think he's a much more, more mature player this time. And, uh, yeah, I think he's won every year since 2017. Um, he hasn't won yet this year, so um, hey ho, it'll be this week. Yeah, I think he maybe skipped a year in COVID, didn't he? But but he definitely had a chance. He had that kind of tournament of champions. He had a chance to win, and I think I think for me, when you look at his the way he served his apprenticeship, he's got top three finishes in in three of the four majors. He's got a top ten at the PGA Championship now, um, second and third at his golf course. It's, it's um. It's a tough one. Like one one thing I said about Xander last week is I wanted to see whether he he outperformed the group in the way that his ability and world ranking and records suggest that he should. Basically, is is the long and short of it. I, I thought that he needed to prove that he was the best player in that group. And to your point, he he did. He was he was phenomenal in that. And then you look at it and think, okay, well he he got JJ Spawn in the knockout uh, stages, but JJ Spawn was playing incredible golf and he took care of him. And then, like you say, and he lost by one shot to Roy McIlroy, who, as you say, it it, it is what it is. I don't think losing to Roy McIlroy one on one is is ever a bad thing. So, um, yeah, I think if that goes a different way, he comes up against Cameron Smith, uh, Cameron Young, sorry, in the semi-finals. Uh, maybe that goes his way. All of a sudden, we're talking about him being. 16, 18 to one with Jordan Spieth, and uh, one match could have changed that, and really doesn't need to. So, I actually do like Shoffley. I'm not going to back him, but I do, I do like a lot of what he's doing. And 
again, just just to that point of like proving himself and winning when he should, winning the Travellers' Championship, winning the Scottish Open as one of the better players in the field was was really impressive. His win over Kitty Armour at the Scottish Open looks better a year on. Um, his his win over Sahith Gala was obviously helped by Sahith Gala, but he put himself there and put the pressure on to make the goal after make the mistake. So I like all of that. Brad, anything to add on the shuffle legs? I know you're on as well. <laughs> I don't think so. No, I think you both <laughs> have uh, pretty much covered everything. Uh, but yeah, no, I agree. I agree with everything Jason. Uh, he's another player that I back every master. I think the last three masters I've backed him. And yeah, uh, I, I, just, I saw enough um, players. As Jason said, he got better round by round. Um, excellent. The match play that, Anyone could have won that match uh, with Rory McIlroy. That's such a close encounter. It's, it's just the kind of boost he needs coming into the Masters. You know, it's an event that has been kind of kind, but also cruel. You know, he has got that scar tissue there. And I think that might have even affected, you know, his uh, missed cut last year, possibly, you know, yeah. uh, too soon. Um, but yeah, similar to Cantlay, really well-rounded player, has all the attributes you need to win majors. Um, but he hasn't. He's what. What's different from Cantlay is that he's got an excellent record in the majors, which you already alluded to. Um, yeah. He's won for the big stage, um, and I just think from the promising signs he's shown in his last two starts, I feel he's got to be taken. Um, got to take a chance on him this week. So yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. I, I think he's. Um, so it's one of those things like you, you both talked about backing him here every year, and I just wonder if it, is it a thing of like you think he's perfectly suited to the Masters, or is it just the one that he seems to be the better prize for? Because I, I feel like he's always a little bit shorter for the US Open because of his record there, and you maybe just get the value, or do you think that Augusta's the best course for him? Uh, personally, uh, I think. I'm sorry, you go, Jason. No, I've gone after you, mate. No, no, no. I was just going to say that I just do feel as though it just Augusta itself just fits. Sanders eye like it's a course he knows very well because we comes back to it the times obviously come so close to winning here in the past um and I don't I thought he'd be shorter in all honesty I think he's uh, he's going um a bit under the radar this week I uh, so that's a bit of an overused term but honestly do think he I don't think he's as, nearly as popular as he'll be in um, in previous years because no I, I did I did think that when when you both said that you, you were on him I did think I've not seen his name in in the same regularity as I normally would so that definitely kind of stuck with me Brad uh Jace anything to add on that no I can't remember what I was going to say there <laughs> I just said I just said well is it is it course is it course dependent with Zander at the Masters oh sorry it... no I actually I, I I would back him for the US Open it's, I think Scott is going to gag up in that so hmm. um that's possibly why I'm not backing Scott in this way Oh, um, no, he's just a, he's a major machine, Zander. I mean, that's what he is. And, and I think that's the fact. He is coming in apart from the match. So you want, to, you want to see something, and we did see something. Uh, but for the price, you don't want him to show anything, but you do because you're going to want to back him. Hmm. Um, I, I'm slightly concerned if it does get absolutely ludicrous out there um, in terms of weather. But then, you know, that becomes the same for most people. Apart yeah, I, I do. Jordan Spieth, really, didn't it? And yeah. uh, Shane Lowry, really. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think I think when we start adding those negatives into people, you can you can put a line through basically everyone's chances, and, and except for a fair few. And I think that we can't, we, we've got to make picks based on the information we've got in front of us in the hope that the weather's not quite as bad as it seems or, or whatever. Um, you know, at, and adding, you know what, if you... Yeah. You might be six clear after the first round anyway. So yeah, like exactly that. It doesn't matter, does it? Um, yeah, no, I agree with all of that. 
I'm having a hard time with Tony Fino. I was, I was I speak about this earlier that he was 40 to one just after his free M Open win last July, and I, I backed him then for this. And he's obviously coming to 25 to one. He's won twice more since then, so it all makes sense. And he's been pretty solid all season long, really. I don't know that I feel like his chances have got any better since I placed that bet. So I, I want, although I do think he's obviously kept up his form, and I do see why the the, the price has come in in the way that it has, um, with what we know about the live players and all that sort of stuff. I do get it. I just don't know if the, if the, his chances have improved as much. I love I love his course form. I, like you guys with Zander, I back Fino every year. It always ends in disappointment, but he's a three-time winner since uh, that last time since that he played here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it, just, it just feels like a slightly different player. Three top tens here. Uh, was one of those that uh, shot that 64, as I mentioned, in 2019. And he was in that final group with Tiger Woods when he won. And I think that's a the fact that he didn't go you know, completely disastrous on that final day is a big thing. Uh, he, he shot level par and, and didn't quite keep up, but nothing too bad. Then he comes back in 2021 and shoots the second round 66 and hangs around inside the top 10 after that. Was disappointing last year, but his game was a bit of a mess earlier on in the season. Uh, then really kicked on later on in the year. So I just think for me, Finau, course dependent, really loves Augusta. I do think he's going to win one one year. Uh, I do think he's going to win a major at some point. So I think that um, I do like it. I just I just have a hard time with the price at the moment. Um, yeah. We shall see. I, I've got to I've got to decide on that. One person I am going with uh, next up on the list. Oh, no, before I get there, I will say someone again, someone else that I'm not going with, but someone I think is really to keep an eye on. Cameron Young is 28 to 1, and it's too short for me, but I completely understand. I, I certainly think his, him and Paul Tesori can have the same effects as, well, not the same. I think it's hard to replicate what Scheffler and Ted Scott have done, but I think he'll have the same positive impact, turn mm-hmm. him into a winner, whether it's going to be, you know, six times like Scotty Scheffler's been, I don't know, but. He's already performed admirably in the majors. He played well at Riviera. Um, everything that you kind of want to see from someone coming into the Masters, apart from the fact that he missed the cut last year, 77. Do you think he can win? Uh, no, I don't. I think I think he can come top five, which is why at 28 to one I'm not bothered. Um, mm, yeah. But I do think that he will be most improved. I, th- I think you look at his 77, 77 last 77, year. 77 last year. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think that I just I just see yeah, Paddy change and he's quality in the majors and also I think the weather you know if it's uh if it rains it's gonna play long longer yeah. than it usually does and it could it could go into his hands we see the kind hands. of translation from the open we see um just just the fact that you look at it like I still think he was fairly immature in his career at that point of the Masters last year I think what we know about Cameron Young has all happened since then um he was obviously playing good golf into it like I remember him being of interest last year but yeah. he, he's definitely kicked on as a golfer he's he's been second and third in a couple of majors since then or second and fourth he's had chances to win again he's he's the person who's had the most seconds without a win over the last three years or whatever it is uh, definitely feels like he's got that profile to be what Scotty Scheffler was and you know that there's there's fee now in that aspect there's Zander there's all of them can kind of kick on and change these opinions of them by winning four or five in, in the space of a year and a half but for me, just that, that Paul Zori got everything out of Webb Simpson, I think, at Augusta, who had a fairly limited profile for this event. Uh, Cameron Young is actually perfect for it. So it would be interesting to see what he does. Jay, you're going to add something there? No, I just think, of, you know, you get all these, you know, who's going to be top 20 in each major, top 30, whatever it is. Yeah. 
And and apart from the obvious, Cameron Young's probably the one I pick. Yeah. If someone was to say, you know, here's a prize in finishing top thirty in the majors. Um, yeah, I could definitely see him challenging in at least um, the open. Uh, you know, yeah, the open. Yeah, obviously. Um, yeah. Depending on on conditions, definitely the other two, the US Open and the PGA, hundred um, percent. And then you left with this. So of of that sort of bet, he he would be the one that I'd go for for a season long, you know, bit of fun. If anything. Yeah, um, yeah, like that. Yeah, I think it's. You know, look at it like he played in two US Opens 2019, 2021, but he wasn't the player that he is. He then won two times on the Corn Ferry Tour in 2021. 2022 was his first year in the majors, miscut the Masters, third at the PGA, miscut the US Open, second at the Open. Um, you know, some US Open courses don't suit people, some conditions don't suit people. That can quickly change. The Masters is notorious for being difficult on most debutants, although I think that's the tides are changing with that over the recent years. But um, yeah, I just think there's a lot of positives about. Cameron Young, apart from the price, I don't think he's been missed. No. The the one Song Jm, I think I think he has been missed slightly. I think that forty to one still with ten places is just back. yeah, it's come back. It went into thirty three to one. It's come back again to forty to one. Um, and I was surprised by it to be honest. I don't really get one why it was ever that price in the first place based on what you look at the three top sixes, three top sixes this season. Mm-hmm. Um, or this year, calendar year, sorry. Uh, he's had chances to win. He's obviously not done it. But when you look, his record is just absolutely obscene at this event. And you could have, when it comes to the 2020 edition and he did it on his debut, you could say, okay, well, you know, we're, we're worried that it's, it's the November edition and that's why he's played well in those conditions, etc. Misses the cut in 2021 to give that more fuel. Um, and then all of a sudden, he, he's he's right on right on cue again in in 2023, so, uh, 2022. Sorry. So I just think that the way he's playing, the fact that he's basically been inside, I think he's been inside the top three of five of his 12 rounds or 10 rounds. Sorry, Augusta. Um, he's been in the top eight uh, in I think maybe eight of them. Um, it, it's unbelievable how consistent he is at his golf course. So to me, I, I do think that he's just not overlooked because I think you, you see his name out there today. It's not it's not a you know a, a one that's a surprise. It's far too big of a price at that. Like yeah. All things considered, you know, he's, and again par five score and he's not like the longest, is he? But you know he's long enough and he's got it's a really steady um, short game. Um, Puts one on bent grass. I mean, what a forty to one. You know, it's probably one of the best prices out there, isn't it? To be honest. It's just one of those, again, you asked me about Cameron Young, do I see him winning? Do I see Sanjay Im winning? It's tough. Uh, I think he's capable of winning it, but I think he's definitely the better of the place. But when you're getting that kind of price money about places at 10 places, I just think the value's there. So um, I, I do like Sanjay Im. I know, Jace, you're probably not as keen on Sanjay Im. Uh, I, I was, unfortunately, because of just current sort of work, uh, current conditions at home, yeah. um, I didn't do manage to do my Masters Yankee combination Yankee thing, yeah. And Sung Jae-in was really, really up there in the list. I, 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 I did think probably going into the beginning of last month that he was he was without question the each way bet. Um, plus he had the best shoes um, <laughs> at the Masters. Uh, I think he's had the best shoes for a couple of years actually. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. I think he's shown a lot. To be honest with you. Um, yeah, uh, uh, 
yeah, definitely coming out of Phoenix, I thought, you know, absolutely, he needs to be on. Um, and then he's, he's improving, he's improving, he's improving. Uh, Sawgrass, he was excellent. Uh, figures are great. I, I can't argue, I think, actually, yeah. I can't see, as I say, I can't see him winning. But I didn't see Hideki Matsuyama winning. Um, you know, uh, or Danny Willett. Um, hmm. Yeah, Danny Willett was... I, I think you're right. I think if you could get that 40s, that 40s is massive. Uh, it's only yeah. one place, isn't it? Paddy Power, isn't it? Yeah, Paddy Power, yeah. There's only one place. Um, I just think the 33s at, at eight places is still... 35 eight places is still fine. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think it's yeah. still overlooked a little bit. Um, just because I think he's one of those people who just presents the most solid each way value. And yeah. just, to, just to firm up those things, I, was, I sort of spoke a little bit anecdotally there. He was inside the top three either f- after five of his 10 rounds and inside the top eight after eight of them overall, which is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, he, ju- he just well, doesn't seem to go away, I think. I'd certainly rather be on than uh, Will's Alatoris at the moment. 100%. To, to the same price. I, I, you know, if you want to get a match bet, yeah, you know, you'd be you'd be on Sungjae to beat Zalatoris over seventy-two holes. Like, I, I would, I would take, fun. I would take Sungjae over Burns, Hovland, Zalatoris, uh, Brooks, probably Homer. I don't think you can probably put Homer in the same thing, but I'd probably take over Homer as well. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, and when you when you start saying that, he probably looks like he's in the wrong price bracket. So yeah, uh, the one person I purposely left out in that list is Hideki Matsuyama because I actually think he's another one that. If fit, there's a very big if. I actually think the 40 to 1 about Hideki is is big. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get 45 to 1 in the place, but I think the 40 to 1 is, is actually not massive because that's overdoing it because he has had his struggles. But for a player that obviously won this two years ago, he came back last year. He was 14th in his title defence, which is notoriously difficult to do. We don't see people play very well after winning the year before. He was second going into the, the weekend and, and kind of fell away. was also fourth in the, in the US Open after that. He's then, everything is basically health dependent, but all of a sudden he's gone fifth at the players, 15th at the Valero last week. As I said earlier, I thought it was a bit weird that he played. 10th and 11th of those two events in his strokes going tee to green, which is exactly what you want to see with Hideki. He's got those kind of like lovely hands around the greens, which everyone's been kind of talking about as being really important. It, that was his seventh last year was his seventh top 20 in his last eight masters start including the win it, it's phenomenal yeah and i was i was re-watching the 2016 masters it's interesting you re-watched that 26 masters 2016 masters of uh the year will it won and you've got the speed up there obviously but you had these kind of people that were almost foreshadowing i think their their chances to win going forward but Matsyan was involved um dj was involved uh, right up until the last day and I just think they've kind of aged pretty well and I, mm-hmm. I think Matsuyama's a bit of a core specialist when you look at it really deep down so for me it's definitely health dependent but I think he would be a 28 to 1 shot if he was fit but I also think he played last week to just check on like, sort of like to you know to see if the games like he obviously didn't have the best match play but mm. sort, of, sort of like get some reps in see how the sort of the, the injuries holding up and and obviously, he's a steady performance. And yeah, again, he he could look a really big price at the end of the week, sort of similar to Sanjay. He, he's the one that I just think if, if you look at it back and you go, like, he did win, you go, oh, that, that was a big price at 40. Yeah, exactly. whereas, whereas some of the others where you go, okay, if 
if Homer won at 28 to 1, you don't feel stupid. Okay, he's been oh, brilliant. Cameron Young at 28 yeah, to 1. Yeah, Burns yeah. at 33s or 40s because of what he's done in the match play. I don't feel like I'd have any sort of FOMO about missing any of those. Um, right. As much as I think they're all capable and that's why they're here. Uh, whereas Matsy Armouth feels like, you know, it's been in front of you. He's done it seven times at the last eight. He's performed well. He's won it once. Um, and he's shown life in the last two stroke play events. So I think I will be going with Matt Ciara in the hope that he doesn't break his neck in the next couple of days. Um, Jace, any more for you around this kind of price range? I thought Burns was interesting. Um, I thought we did show a lot at the Valspar, so it wasn't a complete shock what he yeah. did in the match play, to be honest. Um, I agree with you about Decky. Uh, he's put in against uh, Fitzpatrick in a couple of matches. Yeah, I'll take that. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you will. <laughs> um, where are we talking? What, what prices are we going down to? Okay, okay. Anywhere, anywhere now, kind of 40, 66s. Yeah. Connors again. I know he won yeah. last week, which to the chagrin of people that probably wanted to get 50s this week. <laughs> um, but the Texas Open is full of Masters winners and candidates. You know, it just goes on and on and on. I mean, even if you look at JJ Spawn, who, who you know isn't you know anything like the link, he was. 23rd when he last year after yeah, play really well. winning in Texas and you've got obviously you know I know it's held at different times of the year you know, Adam Scott, Zach, Justin Leonard, Chapel you know they've all won, won Texas all gone on to do great things Patrick Reed was second at Texas Kucho is unbelievable August the fall yeah um, second in Texas so it, it's huge I mean like I say I mean there was a little bit of a break um, uh, it, is he Matsuyama at 40s? No, he isn't. Is he Sung J.M. at 40s? No, but ultimately, I've always said this about Sung J.M. He doesn't have a bloody win. Well, um, and this is the thing. like Everything I've just waxed lyrical about Sung J.M., Corey Connors, they got, they've both got two wins now. That's it, isn't it? They're both on two wins. And mm-hmm. for everything that Sung J.M. I'm saying has got that second and eighth, Connors has got three straight top tens here, Jason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I, I quite liked Connors. I'm, I'm, again, I... He can't win the Masters. Um, I just don't think he's he's got it in him to win the Masters. Yeah. So it's how you, how you played them really at that price. Um, I don't know. I'll have a look. But yeah, I I I did like. I, I was interested in Connors. Patrick Reed coming back to form last week on a tough course. If it gets tough, is you know very very interesting. And then then that sort of gave up until three figures really. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think with um, with Reed, it's interesting that you know he, he struggled in the immediate year after thirty sixth, if you call that a struggle. But then tenth and eighth right away after that, like he's definitely the one that as soon as he gets out of that kind of media spotlight and the club, you know, the championship dinners and all that stuff, probably going into a dinner knowing that basically everybody pretty much hates your guts can't be a nice feeling. So the fact he doesn't have to do that anymore is uh, you know is, yeah. is pretty nice. Um, Sorry. So ignore ignore the worrying about what Corey Connors does because he's, he's I haven't looked at the total market but he's just slight odds on uh, to win top Canadian against Vince and Kenzie Hughes and Mike. Yeah, he's so free money, isn't that's, it? That's that's you, that's that's so, I don't yeah. need to worry about what he does. Um, that would be fine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, both of us, Brad, gluttons for punishment. Oh, I've been mm-hmm. a glutton for punishment for. 15 years on Justin Rose, but you you explain why you're going to go with Justin Rose at the Masters and I'll sign my deathbed on him. Well, we were on him for the Valspar, weren't we? Or was that just me? I think no, we were both on him. Yeah, both, we were both on him, yeah. So, honestly, similar reasons. You know, he's he's made a hell of a comeback this season, got his win at Pebble Beach, 
ninth at Houston Open early in the year, sit for the players and three further top 30 finishes. So, yeah, he's firmly back. Uh, we, we we alluded to last time in the pod when we backed him that it was, he's got the motivation of making the, the Ryder Cup team. Um, he didn't really perform at the Valspar as we wanted to, but he finished tied 36th. Um, but it won his best event results-wise, but he did continue to hit the ball quite well, uh, especially off the tee. He's finished yep. inside the top 20 off the tee in his last two starts, um, which is, good. This is huge. He'll be good off the tee here. Uh, it also looks as though, um, I feel as though he's added a bit of distance um, off the tee as well, which, which can only help here, looking at the stats from uh, previous years. And with his recent revival to form, I always felt like Rose was going to be like quite popular this week, given his record at Augusta. Uh, he's only missed two cuts um, from 17 starts, um, finished runner-up twice, has a further three top 10 finishes. Um, it's just like you were going with um, Matsuyama. It's, it's, it's an incredible record that can't be ignored. Um, he's done everything but win here. He knows how to win a major. He won the USO from back in 2013. So that's an experience he can draw upon. And he's obviously come close so many other times. Um, so if he gets in the mix on Sunday, he can, um, he can draw on that experience. And taking everything to, into account, I'm just surprised to see him the price that he is. Um, he, he just stands out as the best long shot option this week. Because he, he opened at, oh, I think he opened at 80s. I missed. He did 80s, open 80s, 80s, yeah, 10 places. It, 10 places. And then it was 66s, 10 places. And that was there for a lot of the day. Um, and even now, let's have a look. He's 60 to 1, 5 places, 7 places, Unibet, 55 to 1, Bet 365, Sky Bet. I, I mean, I'd probably have him 50 to 1, um, 45 to 1, maybe I'd even dip to, you know, it's, I think, it's um incredible value on him this week as a long shot yeah no, i do and i think i think for me i i think it's actually I, I know everyone knows that justin rose plays well at the masters like he's not lost to anybody but in 2007 he had a legitimate chance to win uh that was the year zach johnson while he went into the final round one stroke back um and finished three strikes both three strikes behind in the end uh, he went into the 2017 Masters. He was leading after or co-leading after 54 holes. Went to the playoff, lost that as gut-wrenching as that was. Uh, he was second again in 2015, but never felt like he was going to win because, mm-hmm. you know, Jordan's beef was a bit rampant that week. But 2021, even as recently as that, opens with 65, leads by four on day one, still leads by one going into the weekend. Um, still kind of hangs around it going into the last day uh, within four shots of the lead of um of Matsuyama and then you know just falls away on the final day but the way he was playing in 2021 so he he'd with his preparation for that he'd withdrawn at Bay Hill and other than a kind of second at the Saudi International he'd been playing really really poorly um mm-hmm. on the PJ Tour and when you look at this year he's got the Pebble Beach win under his belt which I don't I don't know how much stock I put in the Pebble Beach win like it's such a weird event it was even weirder this year and he should be playing better than that like but the, the the tied six for the players, like if he didn't have that tied six for the players and it was just like he'd had a yeah. maybe a 30th there and a 30th for the Valspar, I probably wouldn't be as interested, but that was such a top finish and he struck the ball so well that week. And you know him taking off the match play suits him. Like he's he's obviously calculated. He knows better than anybody else how to prep for uh, himself, you know, ready for the biggest major. Uh, and also just just taking first round leader as well. He's led here after oh, day one yeah. four times in his career already. And he's been inside the top six after day one four other times. 
it's yeah. it's unbelievable. You can't back I, him out or not no, back him out. Eight, eight, eight times in his career, he has been, um, you know, within, within a couple of shots of, or you know, within uh, the top six uh, on day one. It's 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 utterly ridiculous. Um, so yeah, so back him in that market as well. Then it then I kind of got a little bit a little bit concerned, not concerned, a little bit. So is this a bit of a dead zone for so I, I looked at Shane Lowry after his performance I think he's, he's improving at this major didn't get there this is where you start to think about the likes of Patrick Reed the likes of mm-hmm. um sports you know um core specialists in kind of Scott and Oostals and if you really wanted to go down that route and then I just decided just just get away from it like there's, there's just no point in trying to find people in here that you don't believe in and I just yeah. thought we could start looking into the triple digits and the couple that I looked at, I think Sahith Gala could really impress on his Masters debut. He's actually inside the top 10 uh, through 36 holes at the Open Championship, which was fine. Uh, didn't didn't hang around, but I think just having that kind of experience of being in the mix was huge. We know he's capable of winning. He's proven that a couple of times without actually doing it yet, uh, unless you count the kind of QBE shootout with Tom Hoagie. But... Um, he, he to me just feels like a major contender in waiting. I don't see why the marks. He can shape it both ways. He likes shaping it both ways. He, he, he's another one like Spieth doesn't like hitting a straight shot. So I like that. I like how he just gets on these kind of. I, I definitely think he's a live candidate for the lowest round of the day at some point, and maybe doesn't actually uh, go on to perform that well. That would be how I'd potentially see the gala. Um, but yeah, other than that, I, th- I think that's fine. I think he's 110 to one for a reason. There's there's no substance. We've not seen him play here yet, Brad. But the thing that really stuck out to me was that sixth place finish at Riviera. 100. percent Yeah. Did did you are you taking him or is it just someone you feel like just, someone, well just, just someone I'm looking at? I think maybe in like the top debutant market, maybe. Yeah. So yeah, no, I agree. I think he's got a great chance. Um. So so the, it's, I didn't really get anywhere with the triple digit range. So obviously you start looking at different markets now and where to target these players. And uh, yeah, I feel like Mito Pereira is someone that obviously, obviously come up short winning um, the US Open. Um, and no, was it the USPGA? Either USPGA, way. mate. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. And um, he's someone that's been playing really well uh, on the Live Tour. When I say really well, but he's been. When you're looking at the stats, he's been he's been hitting the ball superbly, and he's getting a couple of top ten finishes. And he's the type of player that I feel will thrive uh, coming back over and uh, testing himself on the PGA Tour this week. I was tempted to even have a little each way bet on him, but um, I didn't in the end. But yeah, he's definitely someone I know I'm eyeing up for um, either a placement bet or a top debutant. But yeah, it's a competitive market, as you said. I mean, Tagala, you can make a great argument for. Kitayama as well, making his first appearance, you can make a good argument for. So... Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly I love that market. It's an interesting market. So, yeah, I think um, I think I think those three we've mentioned it: Figala, Pereira, Kisiama as the top debutant people. They're all next to each other in the market. Figala yeah. 110 to one, Pereira 125 to one, Kurt Kisiama mm-hmm. 125. I think if people are looking for an inform, you know, like Kisiama will, will hit kind of those trends of having a recent, a recent win, finished inside the top five recently, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like he will tick those boxes. I think he's actually snuck inside a. Is he inside the top 20? I think I read the other day uh, in, mm-hmm. in the world rankings, which is, I think I maybe maybe over egging it a little bit. But like he he does he definitely strikes me as someone that 
that kind of lives up to that is something we've been talking about for a little while, isn't it? And he's he's certainly not afraid of, of taking on the biggest players in the world. He's done it already. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think all, all of those three will grab my attention. Mito, I guess, is not... We haven't seen him do it since the USPGA. Mr. Cut in the next two majors, uh, probably just struggling to get over that, that going so close. And then, mm. obviously, making the move to live. But it's, he's certainly a good case study to see where they are like him and Neiman obviously draw comparisons based on the Chilean thing, but they're, they're the kind of ones I'd be interested in, um, in that respect. Mm-hmm. Jace, I didn't circle back to you on, on Justin Rose while we were talking. Is there anything to add on him at all? Do you think he's, do you think I need to give up on Justin Rose or do you think there is something to him? Uh, I, I think that's really difficult. I, again, I, I might be looking at this. I might be taking too much attention on conditions. Yeah. I, I hate being weather forecast biased. But when you've got like people like Rose, Lowry, Fleetwood, yeah, all in that group, all of whom are going to relish it if it gets tough. Um, I can't believe. I mean, I know Tommy's been put up in a few places, but you know, twenty-eight or one in one place. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah they can they can um, leave that there. I, I <laughs> do think I do think Fleetwood at, at fifty to eight places could be um, could be a half decent bet really to come to this. Um, Again, his condition space, but he's playing fantastically well. Yeah. He's playing much better than he has. Would you take Fleetwood over Lowry? It's just, it's the same. It's the same person. I mean, one's got better hair, but I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> you know, it's the same person. I mean, you know, they contended at, at Port Rush, didn't they? Um, yeah. Uh, uh, yes, I would. It's interesting. At, the, because at I, I, this moment in time, I think, I think Larry has shown us that he can do it, Augusta, more so than Fleetwood. Like, he's he's a definite improver there. Uh, I guess Fleetwood may be in the better form, so it kind of maybe balances out. But, but Larry really there at third place last year uh, after finishing 25th and 21st before that. That just, if we're yeah. talking about weather conditions, I think he could factor in. Yeah, that, I think that's the problem. Uh, I, I think they're very similar. I just, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. No, so I mean Larry's let Larry's let Larry's let uh, you know let people down when him with a chance plenty. Over yeah, I know he's won, but he's let people down a lot in contention. And we know Tommy has done very much similar. But I, I just think there's something. I don't know, whatever, they're the same person. I wouldn't if you offered them in a match bet, I'd refuse those bet. Fair enough. No, that's what that's all I need to know on that. Um, we talk about players coming to the fore now that we've heard the kind of conditions. And one player that, and he's he's wildly differently priced in uh, America than he is over here. But Danny Willett was 200 to one over there, um, and he's he's 125 to one over here. So slightly different prospect. But to me, we're we're talking about someone that we know has won the event. You know, however fortuitous it was that that Jordan Spieth did what he did, he still had to finish it off um, with all the pressure on him. To, you know, all of a sudden just being thrust into the lead. Add in the fact that he's actually playing pretty well, made five straight cuts. He's played well in the players and at Riviera, um, which are two kind of good pointers to this. Add again into the fact that you definitely should have beaten Max Homer at the Fortinet. Um, the, you know, the only person who, you know, the person who beat him was himself. The fact since then as well, he really struggled. I think he missed three cuts straight after winning Augusta, but he's been 25th and 12th over the past three years as well. So I just think if, if the weather gets up, uh, Danny Willett can certainly come to form. Uh, just the way he's playing, it's good preparation. He's he's not the the 16th or 24th best player, whatever he was when he won. Um, he was right there. But um, now I think it's 
it, I think there's a decent. I don't. I don't massively love the 125s when I know it's 200 to one or whatever it is in in America. But um, yeah, I just thought it was someone worth mentioning. And, and below that, Jace is Chris Kirk, is someone that we kind of spoke about off air before we come on. Yeah, I don't know why, really. It, it, so why? The, the, these are these are top twenty bets, maybe, aren't they, at this point? Yeah, I, I, I do, I do think there's a lot involved in Texas. I think whether it's historical, whether whether it's this year, um, and obviously that's that's points to Corey Connors as well. Um, you were on last week. Um, yeah. He bounced, but it's quite understandable that after a decent run, he wins and then sort of goes off. He played okay at Bay Hill. Um, but it's quite understandable that he goes off. It's a very, very emotional time for him um, after what he's been through. Yeah. And, and yeah, as you say, he came. I mean, you know, it's, there's nothing standout about about Chris Kirk, but he he's played okay. He's he's, he's been midfield, you know, 20th and 33 here. Um, you know, he hasn't played it for seven years now. Uh, he hasn't been good enough to play it, but he did bounce back with a, a decent major effort. Last year at the what was it the PGA PGA yeah, yeah top five there. it was a PGA so that's very slow yeah so he bounced back with a, a top five which is his best major finish ever um, be interesting to see what he does I, I think there's something there with him um, you know top person named after Star Trek character or something I don't know <laughs> um, I'm not sure what what the bet is but there, there was something at Texas like you said he had a chance um, to win this is after a great season. You know, third in Sony, third at um, the Kinta and Powell's, uh, winner at Honda. Again, you know, it wasn't the top class field, but we've seen conditions, you know, throw up some weird results. If, if you know, the, the players that normally would go for 13 and, and 15 or whatever in two um, all, all have to start laying up because the wind's against or whatever, then we're talking, you know, we're talking a different tournament. That's exactly why Zach won, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, just be interesting. I just thought he caught the eye at the price. I thought he caught the eye while everybody's like, like we said already, you know, just you know, jumping on Tommy Fleetwood and making him 28. I mean, which is unbelievable. And and it was Alatoris who's done basically nothing to warrant his price to 33 and 40. Um, I'd rather have a recent winner that, that at least showed something last week, um, and it certainly knows the course. So I, I, yeah, it's, it's by no means by no means like am I am I jumping all over him, but um, three figures was fine. I thought. I, I think I figured he was going to dive once he and then maybe if he'd won, then, then he would have done. But I figured he was going to go into kind of like the eighty to a hundred to one range because of the performance last week. He, he was he was right there. I think he was two shots back at one point and then just just went on a bogey train. But mm. you know it was when Patrick Rogers was coming back to the field. Brad, it was when Connors still had some work to do. Like. I don't know what his price would have been if he'd won that. And I guess it would almost be half. And I don't think maybe the reaction has been there. Like he's 151 still with with the eight places. I think he's definitely a plodder in type, and he's definitely probably you know more suited as kind of top 20 market and maybe nothing better. But definitely not one to keep an eye on, Brad Kirk. Yeah, definitely for sure. Like as you said, he was right up there last week, and just he just fell away just all of a sudden. And uh, I think if you'd have, Stayed up there and uh, secured like a top five finish, or even just in the top, top three. He would, he, you'd have seen a dramatic change in his price, as you said, from 90s, 80s, around that mark. Um, but yeah, I do think there's a bit of value there. He's been playing really well recently. So he got his win. Um, but yeah, top 20 is probably the way to go if you like him. Brad, we've got we've got past probably people that can win now. 
I would say is is, is maybe fair mm. enough. Um, if, if someone if, if someone wins beyond this and they want to clip it up and and say I was wrong, then that's absolutely fine. But I think we've got into the stage where we're, we're looking at top twenties, top thirties, forties, etc. Anyone that kind of catches your eye lower down in these fields where you uh, can put them in those bets. Yeah, well, I, I do like. Obviously, I've already said Mito Pereira. I do think I'm going to have some action on him, uh, either in the placement markets or top debutant. Um, I, I, Taylor Gooch is another interesting one. Obviously, impressed on his debut. Um, steady player. He's been doing okay on live. I, I, I just can't, as we said before, we don't know how, what to expect from these players, but these are two players that could, you know, they're young. Um, they, they've um, obviously impressed and they shouldn't have left the PJ Tour um really uh, they've, they've left at um, the pinnacle of their careers as such so it's it's kind of uh, sad to see them go but i still think they've got the game um nothing's changed with them they'll be able to handle four rounds easy and all that nonsense that people are arguing against so yeah they're two players that i might be considering um for top 20s top 30s in that market yeah, yeah good jace any, any more for you that you think are worth mentioning no no, fair enough. I think that's. I think we are getting to the point. I think you start mentioning people for the sake of mentioning. Um, I think we'll, mm-hmm. we'll keep an eye on Gordon Sargent, who's meant to be the the next big thing, ah, and expects to be are. the top debutant right. chase. Well, I'm not sure I can make the special thing on Wednesday. I think we might do. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there, there's there's your two. It's Corey Connors, top Canadian. Yeah. And uh, yeah. you can back uh, Sargent and Sam Bennett, uh, just slightly odds on against the other four. That's that's buying money. Sergeant's record at the amateur stage is amazing. Yeah, he's Sam Bennett, Sam Bennett, yeah, Sam Bennett won the US amateur and actually has sort of pro form as well. He's top 50 at Brookline. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if you you back them too, um, I, I can't say you can get beat in the top amateur market. So there we are. There's a combi double and go and connect on Monday morning at the AR Dennis counter. <laughs> it's, um, I think, Brad, if I'm not mistaken, they gave uh, an exemption to Gordon Sargent. They never given before, I don't think. Like this is it, it, he didn't get in based on winning. Like normally, it's like the Latin American yeah, winners. No, the he got an invite. Yes, well, he's, he's top dog. Only just over our boy Ludwig, but um, yeah, he got an exemption. It's, it's, it's pretty, as you say, it's not been done, uh, seen before. So I, th- yes. I think that I think that speaks for itself. I think what they've done is they're actually getting because. Not, you know, not to disrespect people that have been here in the past, but like if you win one of those tournaments that just are part of the exemption, it's a bit like when someone mm. gets into the Open Championship for finishing third at the like whatever the South African event they used to do it at. Like you don't you get into the event, but they don't, they don't really understand why. Um, whereas if you're the best player in amateur golf, I think it was so ridiculous. Like in his last ten events, he's not finished outside the top seven. And he's won four of them. Like mm-hmm. he's obviously the man. Um, so yeah, I think the the kind of two to one that you can get on him um, to, to be the top yeah. golfer. I've got, got to admit though, um, there's a South African young South African I really rate, Aldrich uh, Aldrich uh, Potter. Potter, yeah. Yeah, 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 I really, really, really rate him. Um, but I was thinking like, about the amateur championship in England, um, and he's recently coming off a win. He won, he won um, an amateur event. I think it was a couple of weeks back um in the states uh so yeah he's he's someone that i think could ruin the gordon sergeant uh top debutant party which seems popular i i I did think though that is there a scenario where you could just back back into be top south african (laughs) 
like Louis like odds on to win it. Um, but he's not. He's not. He's not pulling up. True. I know he played well. He was in the playoff a couple of starts ago and lived. But he's not the player he once was. Um, Charles Schwartz. We never know what he's going to do. I know he was top ten last year. He's only a three runner market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually an interesting way to play him. Yeah, for sure. Could be, he uh, could he, he, could, he could win that and still lose to Gordon Sargent. It's it's a scenario <laughs> that can happen. Um, yeah. So yeah, just just one to ponder there. But yeah, we'll we'll go into the I guess those kind of bets. Maybe on Wednesday, Brad, if, if we kind of mm-hmm. go into that, maybe do a little half an hour show on that uh, as a little bonus. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I, th- I think we've, we've kind of covered everything. We've we've gone basically player by player, which we tend to avoid these days. Uh, you know, Jason's got to go and have his dinner and write articles and all these sort of things. So this, we'll get us off here. Um, I'm going to summarise my picks and then I'll pass it around to the rest of you. I'm going John Rahm win only at nine to one. I think he can get a ten to one boost, um, but I'll put it up as nine to one because that is, um, you know, what it is. Tony Finau is oh, it's so tough. I might I might just back him win only if he goes out on the exchange because just as I've got him, I, I don't know the price to come in. But Sung J M, uh, that forty to one with the ten places is, is incredible. Thirty five to one eight places I think is absolutely fine as well. I'm taking Hideki Matsuyama at forty to one in the hope that his neck is. Uh, Okay, Justin Rose at 55 to 1 um, with the oh, 50 to 1 and 10 places is probably better there. And I, I, I want to look at some way of getting Sahith Agala on board. Um, I think there's an interest there as well. So don't know which way. That would be in the special bets later on in the week. Uh, Brad, I'll come to you for your selections. I've gone with uh, Patrick Cantlay, 20 to 1. Uh, you can get Sky Bet or Bet365, eight places. Uh, Zander Schaffle, 25 to 1, Skybet and Bet365 again, uh, eight places. And then Justin Rose with yourself. Uh, you can either take 61 Unibet, seven places, or 55 to 1, Skybet or Bet365, or 50 to 1, 10 places, as you said, with Bet. Uh, is it Paddy Power? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, some options there, however you want to play them. They're my free. Yeah, absolutely. And Jace, your picks for us. Uh, Jordan Spreece win only, Xander each way. Uh... Two out of Sung Jim Hideki and Corey Connors. Um, right. I'll make my mind up in a minute. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know which. I don't know which two. And yeah. uh, I don't think you can look that far down, to be honest with you. And Captain Kirk for something. Top captain. Top, top captain. Yeah, top twenty mate. Yeah, over um, <laughs> uh, uh, Alice, uh, Ali Carter. <laughs> He'll be top captain. He'll beat him. There you go. Yes. Um, I'll go. I'll, who? So we're gonna have to push you for the finals. The two of the three. Sanjay and Corey Connors. There we go. Like it. Um, mm-hmm. you, you'll be hoping for the Hideki Matsuyama yeah, neck injury then. But um... no, no, no. It's, <laughs> I, I actually wrote that, and then and then it, it's it's like the Lowry Fleetwood thing. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. No, absolutely, gents. Thank you as ever for your time. It was great to have the three of us back on here again. Really enjoyed doing it as a trio. Um, just a shout out again to remind people that we're on Golf News Net, the radio station now uh, in America. Great to, great to be a part of that and reach a wider audience. Uh, we've got the DraftKings show coming up tomorrow and we're going to have a, a Masters Best Bet show hopefully on Wednesday, Brad, um, if mm-hmm. we can fit into our schedules as well. Um, thank you all for listening as ever. Uh, rate and review the show, subscribe, do all those good things. Uh, it really helps us and, and gives us the motivation to continue week in, week out. So, Thank you very much, everybody, and good luck with your bets this week.